In this episode of Rough Talks, I speak with Angela George, the 56th president from 2011 to 2012. Now, on to the show. To kick things off, um, so you were the 56th president from 2011 to 2012. So, um, like, how did you get first introduced to the DSVC? So I was first introduced to the DSVC um, when I was at a little conference down in San Marcos called the Creative Summit, and which is kind of similar to what we do with the DSVC student show, but on a bit of a smaller, um, more intimate scale. And there were a lot of um, folks from Dallas there um, that were judges, one of which was this wild, crazy, awesome photographer guy named Phil Hollenbeck, um, who is a legend within the DSVC community still to this day. And he um, saw my work. I was a little student then, saw my work in the show, asked me what I wanted to do when I graduate. And I was like, oh, I'd love to come to Dallas. It seems like that's a great community. And he was like, perfect. That's where I live. I'm going to plug you in. And so when I decided to, when I graduated and I did come to Dallas and wanted to start interviewing around, Phil Hollenbeck took me under his wing and he gave me his little DSVC black book, which back then they used to print these little DSVC address books with every member's name, title, and phone number in it. And he basically mm-hmm. went through it and highlighted all of his buddies, which were all DSVC members and all heads of design agencies in Dallas and said, call them, tell them I sent you and have fun. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. um, it was it was an amazing connection. And um, he plugged me right in. And I, from that step forward was able to land a pretty great job here in Dallas and um, of course wanted to continue being a part of this club that um, this guy plugged me into and part of the whole network so I just started going to meetings and volunteered for one thing here and there and that kind of snowballed before you know it to getting a position on the board and and then it kind of just snowballs again from there (laughs) before you know it I guess five or six years later you're president. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So when you when you first got invited onto the board, what were you in charge of or what were you helping out with? So when I first came on the board, it was when the working lunch program was really new. And mm-hmm. it was actually, I think, the very first year that they were doing working lunch. And it was run by a girl named Cassandra Zimmerman. And um, she wanted help with it. So she brought me on as her like committee member and I was helping her out with that. And, um, then she ended up getting a job elsewhere, I think, and needed to move to New York or something like that. So I, um, in a sense, just got slid into her board position, running the working lunch program on the board. And I was really young then. Mm -hmm. I think I was maybe only like, I don't know, 21 or 22, maybe. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, then there I was, this young kid in charge of this program for the DSVC. That was this brand new thing. And um, it was it was really interesting. It was a great way to just kind of like, you know, throw you into the fire and start planning these events and um, help you further kind of dig into the networking pool that the DSVC has to offer and help build up this awesome um, little program that we have there. Nice, because I've always remembered you 
mainly being part of the the student show. Um, mm-hmm. Nearly least when when I've been involved, you seem to always been attached to that. Um, yeah. So yeah, and that so that evolved after because I mean, working lunch was once I really got into the flow of things with that. I was sitting on the board, and I can't remember who was was it. The first year I was on the board, I think, was the year after Jeff Barfoot and Jen Brem started the student show. So I wasn't, and that was like that transitional year. So I wasn't involved in the very, very first student show. Um, That actually might have happened the year before I graduated college. I think it was, actually, now I think about it. Um, So the year after that, I mean, I was kind of on the board doing the working lunch thing and observing student show stuff. And then after that, um, you know, just sitting in the board meetings and realizing, okay, student show needs a lot of help. It was something that I was really passionate about because the student show, in a sense, is what plugged me into DSVC, um, the one at the Creative Summit and Mm -hmm. the one in in Dallas, because I competed in that when I was in college. And so I really wanted to, you know, just get involved there, too, a little bit here and there and help out where I can. So. Um, I was definitely, I was in charge of the working lunch program, but I definitely always just showed up a student show mm-hmm. weekend, um, to help out here and there. I mean, even if it's something as minor as moving tables and setting up flyers and things, that was something that I always um, made a point to do. And then, um, then I just made more friends on the board and stuff from there. And then I think it was, um, the year Josh Eggy was running the student show that I was volunteering a ton for student show. And then Larry Oliver was his co-chair. And then Larry became, you know, the next year was the um, student show chair and he asked me to be his co-chair for that conference. So that was the first time that I ran student show or, you know, co-chaired student show was with Larry Oliver way back when. I can't even remember which one that was, maybe the fifth one or sixth one. I can't remember. So, I mean, having been part of, you know, the DSBC for so long and, and been a, a huge part of student show, we've brought in tons of speakers and judges. Are there any memorable personalities that the DSBC introduced you to? Oh, my gosh. There's so many memorable personalities that the, D- the club has introduced me to. And to be honest, that's probably one of the main reasons why I love staying involved with it. I mean, there's, of course, the, um, you know, the inspiring network of amazing creatives that we have in Dallas. That's the, that's the reason why I think you become a DSBC member. But I think the reason why you become a DSBC board member and really love to stay plugged in with that is because of the national network that that plugs you into of these amazingly talented, creative, kooky speakers that we bring in on the daily. And, um, it's so fun to get to know them. Um, through that, through bringing them into town and befriending them and showing them our city and our fun group of creatives that we have here in Dallas. So some of the ones that stick out to me are um, James Victoria. I remember meeting him um, at one of the first student shows. And then again at um, some how conferences and stuff and connecting with him and, um, you know, just it, it was always such a fun amazing character and I've loved to see how his career has evolved and how the, the work that he puts out there now and from his Instagram videos to his YouTube channels and stuff like that I just love seeing all of the work that he's doing and um, being like man I know that guy like I see some of his you know prints and stuff like that that he has in her illustrations and I think Esquire magazine and stuff like that and whenever I see his work I'm like man I got to meet him before that's a really cool dude and um Another one that I really that really stands out is Stanley Hainsworth. Um, the guy, whenever he came down, he was the creative director of Starbucks, 
And he had a really memorable talk because he was talking about this amazing company, Starbucks, that he was a creative director of for years. And he kind of ended it with the punchline of, and by the way, I'm leaving this job. My company already knows, but this is like my first talk, first and last talk. It's kind of bittersweet for me to talk about this wonderful work with Starbucks. And I'm a little sad to leave, but I'm starting my own company now and doing his own thing. So I remember that being a really interesting thing to, you know, watch his whole creative career of this like big corporate company and um, see him branching off to go do a smaller design agency thing, which was really interesting. Um, gosh, I mean, I could go on and on. There's just like, so many. <laughs> like you said, there's so many. Were, were there any speakers or judges that you were uh, particularly proud that you brought in? Gosh, yes. I mean, for sure. I'm, well, okay, just as most recently, um, one of my favorites was, um, and this is just because it's in recent memory, but I would have to like really go back and look at the roster for all of them. And I'm sure I could tell story, stories about each but um, so most recently, I was in charge of the Dallas show um, judging panel. Uh, and so I knew I was going to go to the How conference that fall um, b- before the before the Dallas show judging and everything was going to take place. And so I knew I was going to ha- see a lot of my friends from, you know, previous DSVC things and a lot of the national AIGA board members and stuff were going to be there. And my one first person that I really wanted to get to be my judge that was also going to be at the HAL conference is Karen Hidma. And she runs the Hidma Cronin agency out in San Francisco. And she's just an amazing powerhouse of a woman, uh, branding expert. And uh, she's just also incredibly connected and sits on the AIGA national board. And so she was my first call. I called her and said, please, please, will you come be on my judging panel? And she said, of course, I would love to. And I said, also, I would love to collaborate with you and let's build a team of judges that we want to come down for the Dallas show and just hang out with all weekend. So she loved that. So her and I worked together to build an awesome judging panel for the Dallas Mm -hmm. show. And it was just really fun to also be at the HAL conference with her that fall. She was down there too. And just kind of like work the room. I mean, we're at the national AIGA conference and she's, you know, talking to all of these other amazing board members and she'd be like whispering me, Angela, come over here. I want to introduce you to this person. And she would introduce me and we'd give them an invitation to come down and judge and um, then get to hang out with them the rest of the weekend. Mm -hmm. And it was just, that was a really, that was a fun judging panel casting session, I guess, (laughs) if you will. Oh, can I say one more? Um, One of my favorite... Um, and this is, again, it's, I think that's one of my favorite speakers because it was a group of speakers that I brought down together. It was for the national student show and we were the friends of type blog was getting really, really big. And a lot of the designers that are on friends of type were getting a huge name for themselves. And, um, Eric Marinovich kind of being one of the, one of the top ones and, um, he was doing a lot of really exciting work and we had talked about bringing Eric down cause he had spoken, I think before, and we all knew he was affiliated with friends of type. So we started digging into that and I'm like, you know what, let's bring all four of the friends mm-hmm. of type for the national student show and conference. And let's make that, you know, two big keynote sessions. And so it was so fun because the friends of type, there's two guys that live in San Francisco and two of the guys that live in the New York area. And they hardly ever, all four of them, get together. So they were so thrilled that the four of them could all be in the same city speaking at this conference together. So we brought them all in. They gave some amazing, inspiring talks. And it was just so fun to hang out with them while they were excited to be hanging out with each other because they don't really get that opportunity very often. And it was just, that was a really, really fun one as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I remember that. In student show, I brought in Limbert yeah. Fabian. And... <laughs> 
him and the Friends of Type just yeah. hit it off so well. It seemed like they made him an honorary member yeah. or, or something. They just, but yeah, that was such yeah. a great group. And Absolutely. That's something that I've really learned to take into consideration when planning any kind of event or judging panel or anything with DSVC is I'm always trying to, of course, find, you know, amazing talent to come down and either give lectures to inspire the group or to judge our work. It always has to be top tier talent. But aside from that, I'm also thinking about the personality types that you want to kind of carry it together. And you're hoping that all these different people mm-hmm. are going to hit it off together because essentially you're spending, you know, a week or all weekend and stuff with them. And you want and you hope that the dynamic of everyone is um, going to be really special. And it usually, usually works out that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or seeing people that, become friends during judging weekend Mm -hmm. and years later like i've known to some people that are still in contact with each other on twitter or on social media and that's you know that's pretty cool so when when you were president what were your like what was important to you during your term and you know what were you hoping to achieve so during my presidency um it was it was a tough year to be honest, because um, right before that the economy had just tanked, <laughs> and so I was inheriting a club that was getting dangerously in the red zone because we were so used to spending money in different ways, and we really had to shift our thinking and get smarter about how we take in money and how we spend money for the club. And so my biggest goal was first to um, just get us get us into a healthy financial state again. So I had to do a lot of work to really dig into, you know, what we were doing and kind of reevaluate and get creative with how we were going to reach out to new members, get people to become members again, as well as um, tailoring our events to to work harder for us. So mm-hmm. in the sense of like making the club more money and getting healthy again. So that was that was probably my biggest goal and the most challenging challenging obstacle that I faced um, being president for sure. And it's definitely not, not a solo job either. It was, um, it was, it was interesting, but yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with the way that things worked out and um, it's gosh, I'll think back on that time now and it just like flew by. That seems like ancient, like years ago that, that um, all of that happened, but it's been fun to look back and see how, how things have grown and evolved and know that you're, a part of that. How do you feel that being president of the DSVC has affected you, you know, either professionally or personally in your life? Well, um, I mean, it's impacted me being president of the, of the club has impacted me in nothing but positive ways. Um, for start, I mean, the greatest challenge when I, like I mentioned, when I came into the presidency, the greatest challenge was digging into all of the numbers and reevaluating and getting creative with how we were going to, you know, get back into the black. And um, that was a huge business lesson for me as someone who at the same time, I had also um, just gone out on my own at at the time too. I had just left my big job at the Richards Group and was launching kind of my own company and trying to figure all of that out at the same time simultaneously. So it was an amazing business lesson. Mm -hmm. Um, I did not plan that intentionally. It was actually terrified at the time when all of that was happening, but it was an amazing business lesson for me. And it's made me a better businesswoman because of it. Um, all of that I had to learn for, to, to keep the club running and then as well as to keep my own business running. Um, so that was an, an incredible lesson that, um, I'm incredibly thankful to have lived through. Mm-hmm. Um, but then outside of that, it's also just, um, the confidence and the networking, 
um, has played a huge role in what's impacted um, just my business and my life. Um, our, like when I mentioned when I was just a young little rookie on the DSVC board uh, working working lunches. And I would have to pick up the phone and call, you know, a speaker to come and put a talk together for a working lunch. And um, that's kind of intimidating to do, mm-hmm. especially as a young kid, like giving, you know, an invitation like that to to a big name speaker or something, even at the local level. That was something that was a little tim- intimidating at, at the beginning, but you kind of get used to it. And then you um, build up your confidence a lot more with that. And that's definitely helped me in a lot of ways. Um, And especially as your network grows and as you make more friends in the industry, um, that definitely gets easier and it becomes a lot more fun too. So that's, that's one of my favorite parts of being involved with the club for sure is reaching out to all of the amazing talent um, that we want to bring in to inspire us. And then of course, making friends with them and wanting to keep in Mm -hmm. touch with them. Mm -hmm. For sure. So you know the the DSBC has um through its duration has put out a lot of uh, uh design pieces over the years you know from posters to rough magazines and invitations um were there anything that that stood out to you something that you were drawn to gosh oh there no, well no there's not just one there's there's so many um it's, it's, I would invite anyone that listens to this podcast to call someone at the DSVC office and go up there and just peruse the rough magazine archives when you get a chance because um, you're welcome to do so. You just need to have a board member there, I guess, to let you in and, and monitor. But it's just such an amazing archive that we have there, especially if you go back to the old, old, old school ones um, that were designed at the very beginning. And they're just so interesting and that's one of the things rough magazine is what really put dsvc on the map nationally um way back then i remember we would cart those around to the how conferences and give them out and people would sign up to be dsvc members from across the nation just because even though they knew they would never make it down to a dsvc meeting they knew that if you remember you got a subscription to the to rough magazines and you would get that mailed to you once a quarter or however often it went out Um, so yeah, that was rough magazine is just such an, such an awesome thing. So I have an archive of all of them that I was, were mailed to me, um, when I was a member. And then I've got a couple of the old, old ones as well, um, in my personal library and, um, I'll, I'll cherish those for sure. (laughs) Are there, are there any posters that, uh, you still have hanging up in your walls or? Well, we've moved a couple times and between my husband and I, who um, he's also a designer, there's, we have so many prints and posters and flat files that one day when we move to our future dream house, we can put them all up everywhere. So currently they are not up, but we do have um, huge archives um, of of them flat. And you know, one thing, when you asked me that first question, I am killing myself because I haven't seen it in the archives of DSVCs, but I designed a poster for Stan Richards, whenever Stan came to speak, when, when I was working at the Richards Group, too, I was the one that had to, I asked him to, to come and organize the thing. And so I, if you, back then, if you, and whoever invited the speaker to the monthly meeting is the one who also then designed the poster. And so you can imagine how intimidating <laughs> that would have been for mm-hmm. me at the time, being a designer, you're an art director, working in the Richards Group, inviting Stan Richards, you know, like the boss of the bosses at the Richards Group, to come and speak at the club for DSVC, and then to design the poster that's going to promote him. 
So um, it ended up being a really fun experience. I collaborated with um, Chris Smith, who also works at the Richards Group. He's a really talented writer and comedian and extraordinaire. And so we came up with something really simple. Um, and it was just, it's a, it was a huge white poster with, some, with Stan's glasses. And you're looking at, um, it's almost as if they're photographed on the white sweep. So you're, it looks like you're looking through the glasses. And the line that Chris came up with was, hear life through Stan's eyes. And it was just, that was it. The And Stan gave me his glasses to photograph for the thing. Nice. <laughs> One afternoon, he just said, guard this with your life. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, oh, dear. I'm holding the man's glasses. And took them back to our little studio to photograph and put it together. But um, I don't think that poster's around anymore. We I had some at my old house, and they got ruined in the move. And I don't know if they're in the archives floating around. I'd love to get my hands back on that one. But mm -hmm. there are a couple of others that... Um, yeah, I just, I love going through our archives and sorting through all of that stuff. It's so fun. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, you've been, you know, in Dallas for such a long time, um, you know, almost immediately after you, you graduated. Um, what do you think sets Dallas apart, you know, you know, as a city and as a, you know, a place for creatives? Um, I think that, twofold as a city and as a place for creatives because um, there's great creative talent everywhere um, in in the nation and if you travel to New York it definitely has a certain vibe if you go into San Francisco it definitely has a, its own creative talent and vibe as well but Dallas from what I hear from the speakers that we bring into we definitely have a lot of wonderful talent here as well but we're in Texas we're the friendly state and we definitely hold up to that reputation. And I, I love that. I love hearing um, that from our speakers. Whenever they come in and they, they immediately feel that warmth that we have for each other and for this awesome creative community. And they just, they feel that. And they say that. They're like, man, you'll have such a great thing here. They definitely, you know, are impressed by the scale at which this club is thriving, but also um, the friendships that, that come out of that. And, um, I think that that's something that always really makes me happy that, um, we hold up to our friendly state reputation. And I think that's something that we have that's really special. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's always mm -hmm, good for business. Mm -hmm. I think. And having good barbecue and tacos doesn't hurt either. Exactly. Exactly. That too. <laughs> that's one thing I've never worked on. It's like a barbecue or like, meet logo or branding that would be a really cool project i would love to do something like that out of everyone that the the dsvc has brought who would you want to bring back if you could either as a speaker or as a judge yeah. or... good question um i remember one and i was thinking about him as we were talking about the posters because i designed the poster for this guy and he was such a just hoot he was so fun but charles phoenix he came whenever we did a miniature creative summit. Do you, were you there for that one, Ramsey? Uh, I don't think so. He he was so interesting because he um, wasn't. He was one of those. He wasn't. He's not a designer or a photographer by any means. He I think he has this crazy title that he's given himself. That he's like a Americana archivist, and he um, he's been on all sorts of TV shows like Conan O'Brien show and stuff like that. He's done these little quips here and there, but he is obsessed with vintage Americana, and it was just so interesting. So he does this thing where he'll come to cities, and he'll what he did for Dallas in that instance. It was actually around the state, or it was close to Christmas time. That's what it was, 
And he came into town and um, I, I was charged with the day before taking him all around. He had done his research and he found all these amazing landmarks and vintage signage and things that he takes pictures of and wants to talk about. And he knows a lot about the um, the architecture and the history behind things. He does his research and then he does this kind of comedic performance about all of it. And it's just incredible. So I got to drive him around that whole day. Um, and we went to all these places, some of which I had never even known about in, in our city. And, um, yeah, he took all these amazing pictures and, um, gave this funny comedic talk about it. And, um, yeah, it was, it was really fun. So he was something that was super interesting. And even though he wasn't a designer per se, he had such a talent for seeing beauty and creativity and things that usually get, um, just passed by, you know, they don't get, they don't get a second glance, but he had a really unique way of drawing that out and, um, seeing that and, and telling storytelling about it. So I really, I really enjoyed his talk. He was a, he was one for the books for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and then outside of that, I would probably say, I would love to have someone back like James Victoria, because I, um, I'm a fan of, I, like I said, I watch a lot of his stuff now, um, on his YouTube channels and things. And I love how just his energy and enthusiasm for our industry. And I would love to bring him back to Dallas to inspire our group. And he lives in Texas now. He moved from New York. He's like living in the hill country. So it'd be easy. We should get him out. <laughs> nice. You hear that, Mr. Victoria? Come visit us. I'll take you out some good barbecue. <laughs> Even though you've already got that in the, in the hill country. But <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Where do you hope to see um, the DSVC in the future? Or what would you hope that the creative community in Dallas uh, does? Um, I hope to see us still standing strong and growing as an independent design creative community. I love that we have our own thing here and that we have always fostered um, the DFW area creatives. There's certainly, and that doesn't mean like, I love the DFW AIGA also, they have some fantastic organizations and I, it's, I love that on the national level that, you know, getting plugged in with the AIGA and being able, being able to, work with them on a number of events and stuff too. But it's just, I think there's something really special about having our own private entity that fosters only the DFW community, or if you want to broaden it a little bit, the Texas design community. Um, and that's, that's something that's just really special. And I would love to just see us continue to foster that and um, continue to foster the relationships that we've built through the club. And uh, I hope that people are continuing to make it out to all of the fun events and networking in person. That's something that um, has always been kind of a, an interesting evolution as social media has come around. And then people kind of wonder sometimes, why do I want to go out to these events and stuff like that? If I can connect with people on LinkedIn or on Facebook, but it's just, it's never going to be the same as making friends at a meeting or as you're volunteering and doing grunt work for events and stuff like that. That's just nothing, nothing can compare to that and the relationships that come out of that for sure. So I definitely want to continue to see that um, grow and evolve and get stronger for sure. The world of design and the world of visual communications has changed um, a lot over the years. I mean, we, um, this past june i believe we you know we did we showed a documentary showing like what people used to use <clears throat> uh in order to make graphic design happen um and along with that you know as 
as visual communications has changed, um, the type of speakers that we bring in have has you know adapted to that. So, is there any type of speaker that you would want to see that we haven't brought in yet? Um, you know, I guess just whoever is doing the best work with the the newest technology. I think that something like that would be really interesting. Um, and when I think about technology, I mean. Gosh, I think about things like SpaceX and Elon Musk and, you know, Apple, Google, those kinds of big tech companies that um, I think that those people have to be incredibly creative also. And I think that there are amazing lessons to be learned from people like that. So I think that, um, yeah, I would I would love to I would love to hear more from from industries like that and people like that. Um, and then, of course, you know, maybe tailoring it to where how that fits in the world of design or how design um, can can aid and assist and be a part of. Um, yeah, just the evolution of technology and where where the new um, and best assets are coming from, for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and I <clears throat> and it makes me think about I think you might have helped brought brought them in um, when Chris Hill came with his like mini creative summit. I believe one of the speakers was a chef and to me, he was mm-hmm. like one of the most interesting speakers yeah. uh, that we've had. And it's, yeah, that was Dean Fearing. I remember that. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that kind of thing. I mean, I love, I mean, of course, we're the DSVC. Like, we're always going to be bringing in creative talent that are doing, like, the most tangible design things and illustration of photography and those types of things that we um, are the most familiar with. But I love so much hearing from the outside creative industries, like culinary arts, like technology, like environmental design and um, yeah, I just find that to be fascinating because I am not in those industries, but I'm passionate about them and I still want to hear about it. And I want to hear how they, um, apply creativity to what they're doing on the daily. And that's, that's always incredibly inspiring to me. So I love to hear more from stuff like that, from people not directly tied to our day-to-day industry stuff. You're, you're one of the few people or one of the, the only president that I know that, um, has been on TV. Well, if if people don't know, you were on a food TV network show, um, which is very different from your day job. So, how was that experience for you? Yeah, having it was, you know, it was an incredible experience. It was a whirlwind. You know, it was interesting because um, so the show was called All Star Academy on the Food Network. It was the first season that I was on, and. Um, we, I was cast because, well, everyone was cast because they said that we were like some of the best home cooks in the nation, but none of us were professional cooks. That was kind of a, one of the requirements. Um, but they wanted to see how well we would cook under the tutelage of other, of the foods, Food Network All-Stars. So um, it was really interesting being on set and everything because I think I was the most comfortable one there because I've been on commercial TV shoots before and plenty of other photo shoots and things like that before, of course, on the back end as an art director or a creative director managing the shoots and stuff. And I had never done anything um, quite on this scale before and certainly never been in front of the camera before. So that was a little bit different. But um, as a whole, I felt pretty comfortable in that room where I could tell a lot of the other guys that were on the show were very uncomfortable with the cameras in their faces and stuff like that. So that was definitely, I think, an an edge that I had was just the level Mm -hmm. of comfortability um, being on a big production set. Um, 
But that was, again, that was one of the things that was so awesome because, um, you know, us as creatives, we're constantly wanting to challenge ourselves in different creative facets. So I, you know, I'm always interested to find out what my talented creative friends' hobbies are and how they, you know, use their creativity in other outlets and stuff in their life. For me, it's 100% cooking. I love cooking. I love going grocery shopping. I love coming up with new creative flavors and recipes and things. But I by no means want to be a chef or own a restaurant. Um, that's a lifestyle that I do not want, but I just love cooking for the people that I love. And that was a, a crazy experience to be able to do that on the national TV scale and for, for people like Bobby Flay and Alex Garnaschelli and Curtis Stone. And it was just, it was an incredible experience, but I, I loved every minute of it. And I, I learned a hell of a lot in, in a short period mm. of time. Was there anything that you learned that you've been able to apply? Absolutely. Um, and again, it's the, it's the confidence thing. It's part of um, like kind of what I was going back to with the, having the confidence to approach professionals that are on a whole other level than you and look them in the eyes and speak to them with confidence and either ask them to do something for you or sell them something. In a sense, for me, when I was on the show, I was having to look these famous chefs in the eye and present my dish to them that I had just spent you know 30 minutes throwing together and doing all these things. And then I had to stand up there confidently and speak articulately about what I put together and why it should win and you know, things, this, that, and the other. And um, that quick thinking and that uh, confidence is definitely something that it's very much a sink or swim situation when you get thrown into it. And um, yeah, that's, that's definitely something that I, I carry with me today for sure. Hearing you say that, that I have to know what's, what's more difficult, pitching a logo idea or presenting a dish? Ooh, interesting question. Um, I don't, you know, <laughs> I think in the scenarios, because I'm thinking about the last logo presentation that I did versus the last dish that I served up to Bobby Flay. And that was a lot harder because the circumstances there, I was, um, you know, you get, the, the challenges are a real deal. You get 30, they say you have 30 minutes to put this dish together and you, you really only get that amount of time. And so you're throwing all this stuff together, you're hoping it's going to work right and you're doing all your rush and you're trying to do the thing and things, and then you stand up there and you're going to, spit out what it is perfectly and you're hoping that the bite that they're putting in their mouth is the perfect bite. And so that's a little bit different. Whereas in the logo presentation, I've had a lot more time to think about it. I'm able to relax a little bit, speak articulately and, you know, deliver on, I know that what their goal is this and I've delivered it this way by doing X. So I would say that that's a little bit easier. <laughs> the food variables are a little bit harder, especially under the time pressure cooker clock. So yeah. That one, that one, that one would be the difficult, the more challenging one. Are there any closing words or anything you'd want to promote? Um, no real self-promotion things, but um, I guess just in closing, I just, you know, I'm so proud to have been a big part of this club that I love so much and that has, I feel like, given me so much in terms of friendships and career opportunities. And I think it's just something so special that we have here in Dallas. And um, I feel honored to have been a part of it. And um, just I'm so happy that we're coming into our 60th anniversary of the club, right? And 50th mm -hmm. anniversary of the Dallas show here in this next year. So it's just such an incredible thing. And I am honored to have been a big part of it.
big thanks go out to Glenn Ferguson for our intro music. Be sure to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. And thank you for listening.